the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about artificial intelligence. I'm going to be talking about the Federal Reserve. I'm going to be talking about how the Federal Reserve affects you how it affects the stock market, how it affects the real estate market, and much, much more. Stay tuned. Stocks tumbled yesterday after the Fed made its expected rate hike. You never know how they're going to break, but they broke negative. Jerome Powell noted that inflation will come down not so quickly. Plus, regional banks are still uh, giving investors, how shall we say, upset stomachs big time. PacWest plunged more than 50% in extended trading. It's down uh, today as well, that level. Uh, This is not good. There is a... uh, I don't want to say a concerted attack on regional banks, but it certainly doesn't feel as if the banks themselves have done something heinous. Let me give you an example. I think we've done things heinously in banks at times where we've given mortgage money to people who don't really deserve it just because we want them to chase the American dream. It's not so much that they don't deserve it. It's just that they can't pay it back in bad times. Um, this is not one of those scenarios. Yes, I do think regional banks took on a little bit too much risk, um, taking on larger, wealthier clients who wanted uh, better products for banking, like mortgages that you didn't have to pay principal on. So you'd get the 10-year benefit of rising real estate, but not necessarily get the costs associated with it. There is some dumb product out there. There's no doubt about it. Um, the Fed sequels are always feeling repetitive these days. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates by 25 basis points, the 10th rate hike in over a year, a little over a year. I think it's uh, for 14 or 15 months. The Fed changed one of the lines in their recent statements that said the Fed anticipates additional rate hike increases. So they took that out. Now it looks like we're going to pause, but we're going to linger longer. And... In theory, the Fed really did leave the door open. If they need to raise interest rates in the future, they will. But also when the situation deems right, they'll also lower. The Fed is coming off the rate rising tear. That's been on since March 2022. Inflation needs to keep slowing. As of March, annual inflation hovered around 5%. That's well ahead of the 2% sweet spot the Fed is chasing. Asked numerous times yesterday if the Fed would be happy with 3% inflation. And Jerome Powell said, no, I don't think so. Not really. Numerous times that question was asked. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Astronomers watch the star eat a planet, and they will, and that's eventually going to happen to Earth one day. It's going to be about 5 billion years from now. So we have 5 billion years to get off the planet, in theory. Or we need to make it last 5 billion more years, in theory. I don't like even thinking about that kind of stuff. It just blows my mind. The Federal Trade Commission has proposed banning the Facebook parent from making money off of kids' data after determining the company had repeatedly violated privacy order from 2020. 
in the wake of a scandal of the company sharing data with Cambridge Analytica, Facebook paid the FTC a $5 billion penalty and agreed to the order. But Meta called the agency's latest move a political stunt and vowed to propose, fight the proposed ban. Airbnb is in the news a lot right now. They're going to start pushing the share room. Originally, when I first heard about Airbnb back in the early 2000s, uh, mid 2000s, um, it was from friends flying from the East Coast to the West Coast and staying in another friend's apartment in an empty room. Then I had a friend who, when she would leave town, she would put her apartment up for Airbnb, clean the heck out of it and make $400 that weekend. Um, so Airbnb is hearing your complaints about making it easier to share a bathroom with someone you don't know. The short-term rental company rolled out a whole suite of upgrades yesterday. Biggest being a new feature to facilitate renting cheaper single rooms and shared homes. Uh, they also said that they are going to make it a little bit more obvious on how much cleaning that the guests are required to do in order to get their, their deposit back. That can be a little bit annoying. The, the big one that, that pisses off people in media is that sometimes the host will ask you to mow the yard when you're done. And it's like, nope. Um, it's a lot of checkout requests. Company had a stellar 2022. The hotel rival uh, brought in $1.9 billion, its first full year of profit. 23 looks to even be better for the travel booms. Let's keep an eye on Airbnb, shall we? Let's get today some economic data that we're playing with. Again, tomorrow is going to be a big one with the jobs report. Tonight, we're going to get Apple's earnings. But last night, we got Qualcomm. And Qualcomm was disappointing. And Qualcomm said, uh, we didn't sell a lot of gadgets, electronics in China. We didn't sell a lot of phones in China. Apple wants to sell a lot of phones. So Apple's going to be a big earnings number tonight. I will talk about that a little bit later in the show. Today, we saw that initial jobless claims for the week ending April 29th. First time unemployment claims increased to 242,000. Continuing jobless claims ending the week of April 22 decreased by 38,000 to 1.8 million. First quarter productivity declined 2.7%. That's not good. Key takeaway here is the weak productivity numbers feeding into the elevated labor costs, which are contributing to elevated inflation and the Fed's thinking that it will have to keep rates higher for longer. I don't know. Should I throw down the question? Is it time for us to start thinking about the five-day work week again from work? You'd be a lot more productive in theory. And, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Google employees are so pissed off at the CEO for doing a big share buyback as well as paying himself uh, 200 plus million dollars. That's a lot of money. Considering he has to go out there and tell people, oh, you're out of a job. Oh, you're out of a job. You know, again and again and again. What else do we have to hit at this point in time? PacWest is to be the story of the day in my back of my head thought. Okay. I want to throw that down there that. I feel comfortable with interest rates. I feel like the market knows it pretty well. The rules are on the table. It's not, nothing funny is going on. But that hangover, the shadow hanging over the market, it's a little bit on the creepy side of, is there going to be another regional bank to fall? When does it stop happening? Um, regional banking, as they're falling, we've had three of the four largest regional bank failures this year. 
And I'm pretty sure we're about to get a fourth one. Now, again, this is going to create some problems. More and more money is going to what I would refer to in a concentrated banking angle. So the U.S. Is now has a more concentrated banking system, which was uh, once viewed not so long ago as too big to fail, too big to manage. Banks becoming larger. Such institutions are so large and crucial to the financial system that their fall would have disastrous impacts on the economy. There's also greater doubt about the nature of the de facto deposit insurance system in place, which probably means more cost to the consumer and small businesses. The regional banks and the banking system overall have less credit extending the economy. That's going to continue. That's going to aggravate the headwinds to high and inclusive growth. And to be quite honest with you, one of the big things that we still don't know about things like First Republic and Silicon Bank Bank is how much the true cost is going to be. The final bill when all is said and done for covering this sticky situation that got messy. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. This Sunday, join Rob Black in San Rafael for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 for a little sunshine, some financial chit-chat, and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Dan Fetterman, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find Pints and Portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Let's hit as much as we can. I think the most important American right now for your financial health Let's see if you can guess who I think it is. I'll give you a uno momento to think this one through. Who is the most important American right now in the short term? There's your clue. I think it is Kevin McCarthy. Economic catastrophe for millions of Americans is less than a month away. It's totally avoidable. The real question is whether Congress will actually step in and stop it. The Republican GOP want to use the debt ceiling as a tool for making wide-ranging spending cuts, a long-held GOP priority. Democrats point to years of non-contentious and procedural raises as a president for a clean raise with no addendums for cuts. Um, it just needs to get done. America has, it's, it's obviously not an exaggeration, hundreds of, of federal government programs that need funding. A joint report out of the Joint Economic Committee in March found that a default could cost Americans $20,000 in retirement savings. Monthly mortgage payments would climb. Private student debt loan payments would surge. An analysis from Moody's found that even a short default could lead to losing 2.6 million jobs. So we don't have to go through this, but... It's dramatic. Do I think do I think we default? I do not. Let's check back in with my prediction in less than a month. 
June 1, Kevin McCarthy, we're watching you. Can he broker a deal? Big question. Big, 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 big question. Okay, let's talk a little AI, okay? First and foremost, there's a lot of talk going on about AI, artificial intelligence, relieving you of your job. AI, I think if you link this segment to my first segment today where I talked productivity numbers in the latest jobs numbers, productivity is not great. And I said, maybe we need to send people back to work. Maybe we need to say, you know, everyone comes back to the office, please. Um, I know, not very popular, right? I get that. Especially since I got my cushy little job, right? But let's talk AI and how it's going to work with productivity. Some people think that programmers will create a super intelligence that will kill us. Elon Musk has been very vocal about this. I see people doing amazing things with chatbot. I saw a realtor say, show me on a map within three miles, all home rentals in Miami. And these are all like sky rises and he created a report. It's pretty cool. The internet unleashed a huge productivity boom in the 1990s. Um, back in the day, when I was a kid, you had to get in the car and drive to the mall and, and find a book to read. You couldn't have it delivered to you. Back in my day, we'd go to the bookstore, and if the book wasn't there, you'd order it, and it would come in in two to four weeks. But now you can do that all online. Our lives were so much more difficult before the Internet, and everyone has pretty much forgotten how difficult things were. A phone call, a fax, mail. In my industry, if we wanted to buy, we had, I was a registered investment advisor in the 1990s. And if let's say we had 100 clients that we all wanted to buy shares of Apple for, you would hand write it down and, and go over to the fax machine and send off the fax. It's crazy how things have changed for the better. There's going to be pure play AI companies. And there's going to be companies like Microsoft and Google that's all mixed into the soup of AI. What happens with Wall Street, it tends to get ahead of itself with investment booms. AI is going to be all that. For the internet, the productivity booms lasted for 10 years. 10 years in the 1990s, if you were paying attention to economic data, we saw Americans get more and more productive because suddenly we weren't writing a report and you know put it on the boss's desk. We're sending it to him in an email. Corporate America thrived. But let's go back to Wall Street. The AI boom is going to be huge because it's going to lead to a lot of productivity. And Wall Street will plow billions and trillions of dollars into artificial intelligence. What happens next? The potential of the technology will start to be realized. In 1999, there were thousands of dot-com companies. Today, there's just a handful. If you have the ability to pick winners, your returns will be a 1,000 times plus. This is an exciting time again. I, I don't want to 
over dramatize this. But I don't go after things like Bitcoin because I don't see how it can be used. I still don't see the average person using Bitcoin to buy bread or to pay a bartender. When that happens, I'll be a little bit more excited. And there'll still be plenty of room for investments. This AI boom, I could see already starting to to affect things. A company like Chegg, they don't need to exist if you can get all of your... Well, I do think they need to exist. Let me be careful on that. They do study materials for high schoolers in college. And it turns out a lot of college kids are using ChatGPT to do their research or to help with the research or to help with their understanding of Emily Bronte, Charlotte Brontes, like William Shakespeare. Yes, you can ask ChatGPT if you're in a Shakespeare class and your teacher says, uh, write a sonnet. Um, Write me a a sonnet about spring and ChatGPT will do it for you. Now, I want to go back to 1999 and talk about the Internet for a second. There were all sorts of stupid companies. I have a book on my desk called BS. And it, there were companies like VerticalNet, Mama.com. There, was company, there were companies that were trying to come like smells online where you could smell things through the Internet. Global Crossing, Exodus, they're all gone and gone, 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 gone. They've been gone for 25 years. It's difficult for smart people to make money in the stock markets. In bull markets, you have to try to be stupid. You have to try to to mess up. A lot of anything AI is going to move higher. I don't want you to be dumb. I don't want you to be stupid. I don't want you to get hurt. There will be an AI boom. It's going to be big. My theory right now is that it's going to the story in 10 years now is about how it improved productivity. I saw an author punch in his whole book and ask chat GPT, write my next book for me. And it did. And then he sat upon making it personalized and fixing some of the, the flaws in it. But it did all the heavy lifting for him. We're going to have a productivity boom like we had in the 1990s. This could be a very American thing. The demand will, will, will write itself ultimately. It's going to displace a lot of jobs. There's nothing to fear here. A lot like the internet, it created jobs. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Last segment, I was comparing AI, artificial intelligence, to the internet and how the internet created productivity in the 1990s big time and into the early 2000s, huge. And yet it also created thousands of companies that are no longer in our world, like MySpace, Digital Cities, Exodus Communications, Digital Crossing, Mama.com. One of the things that you could point back to and say that the internet stopped me from having to memorize things I now no longer have to in any way, shape, or form. Oh, I saw a car, a car accident yesterday. I saw a car hit a little girl on a bike, and today's her birthday, and she looked like she was in fourth grade. It was very upsetting. I was a witness, and I jumped out of my car. I, I helped. I held her hand. 
Um, I make sure her fingers and toes can move. I, I yelled at people to call the police, uh, an ambulance. Um, but I know what road it was on, but I don't know the crossroad. And this is an example of because of the internet, I, you no longer have to have memory. Uh, one smart person at the scene was able to route people around the accident uh, so that traffic didn't flow into the scene because she knew there was a side street that connected to a side street that connected to Main Street. But I think the Internet took away my need for memory. Everything's on the Internet now. And especially GPS, getting it pushed into my phone is, is, is lovely. People skills are going to become more valuable in the AI world. So if you have a child who can interact with others, I, I think that's really great. Oh, the little girl was fine, by the way. Well, fine within reason. She got hit by a car. Um, but she was loaded up into an ambulance and nothing was permanently destroyed. Today's her birthday, May the 4th. You know, when you're talking to a little girl who's in pain, who's been hit by a car, um, I'm like, you're so brave. And she goes, my birthday's tomorrow. And she's bawling. I'm like, wait, wait, you're a Jedi. Is that how you knock the car back when it hits you? And I got her to laugh a couple times. Um, the ability to connect. She's a beautiful young woman. She's, you know, in fourth grade. She was able to connect with me. That's going to be a huge skill going forward with AI. Weird things are going to happen. You're going to hear about uh, people getting married to AI. You're going to hear about uh, a lot of movies are going to be writing scripts based on AI as the evil villain. I'm not really terribly excited by this, but when the internet killed our need for memory, AI has killed our need for intelligence. You know, gone are go write a report, in comes present a report. Teachers are going to have to make presentation skills even more and more important. So if you don't like standing in front of an audience, imagining us all being nude, whatever the trick is to get you through it, uh, you're in trouble in the next generation. Um, people will get attachments to AI. Uh, the Internet destroyed a lot of jobs, like I said, but it created new ones with a lot more productivity tied towards them. The fact that Somebody who works in radio can download music and not go through cassette tapes to get music on this show, to find a, a beat that he wants to use in a bar as a DJ tonight. There's so much that the internet changed, made us more productive and created and opened a lot of artistry. But um, I think emotional intelligence, it, we're going to have a need for it because overall, I think intelligence is going to take a big hit as people just don't need to learn. Let's talk Fed Reserve. Fed Reserve raised interest rates. And this may be just incredibly boring. And to me, when I was 16 years old, I would look at the Federal Reserve as that's an old white guy who's talking about stuff that I don't need to know. I need to know about my friends. I need to know about school. I need to know about college. I don't need to know about boring economic data. But I had credit cards. And when the Fed raised interest rates 25 basis points yesterday, the average rate on a credit card now is 20.92%. That's not against the law, but I think it should be. It feels too high to make people pay. 
And when Fed raised 25 basis points, that's going to trickle into, into your credit card payment in about the next two pay periods, uh, next two uh, credit periods, monthly bills, I guess you would say. Best way you could fight this would be a 0% balance. If you have great credit, you can get a 0% balance transfer credit card. And you could have up to 21 months without accruing interest. That's a really big deal. Now, again, I'm not, I don't like carrying credit debt. I know some people do. I, I wish they won it. But if you did, I think the next best thing you could do at that point in time is A, go into bankruptcy, or B, consider a 0% balance transfer credit card. How about buying a house? Well, if you have a fixed rate mortgage, you're okay. If you don't, you're living in a world where you're going to average rate 6.4%. Rob has a mortgage at 2.65% he said on air. Why am I paying four percentage points higher than he is? Well, because I had the luck of buying two years ago. The expected rate hike has already increased the cost of new average 30-year thirty uh, mortgage rate. It's by about $11,000 of the life of the loan. Because you're getting the loan and you're saying, I want it for 15 years or 30 years. It doesn't really feel like a lot, but keep in mind the average home is, is you're talking about an increase of about 2.5% in the cost of affording that. Not much, but it adds up over time, doesn't it? How about auto loans? Availability of cars grows. Well, first and foremost, let's talk about it. Cars are more expensive every year, right? A record high 16.8% of consumers finance a new vehicle with a monthly payment of $1,000 or more. The average APR, annual percentage rate, on a new finance vehicle for the first three months of the year was climbed to 7%. A year ago, it was at 4.4%. That rate is the highest on record going back to the start of 2008. Meanwhile, the average monthly payment for a new vehicle hit a record $730, up from $656. So interest rates do matter. How do they affect the stock market? Higher rates make borrowing and business investment more expensive. They cool consumer spending. They cut into corporate profits. Some investors are optimistic because recent corporate earnings have not been as, hit as bad as, as predicted. But there is no doubt about it that the higher borrowing cost may stop someone from working with you. Or they don't have leftover money for that massage, that service. It can cool corporate and consumer spending. And ultimately, that's where the stock market lives. Consumer and corporate spending. Without business transactions... I'm not talking about a recession. I'm not talking about cold. I'm not talking about winter's coming, Jon Snow. I'm talking about a cooling. But if you cool the number of people buying homes, you see fewer people overbidding, which is both good and bad. If you cool the amount that people could purchase with their credit card, and then you start taking into fact auto loans, and you start taking into the fact of the stock market, uh, there's a dual fear of high inflation and recession or stagflation has kept stocks under wraps until lately. Um, the economy is cooling. So the Fed's decision, it does help one area. Savers. Um, I've put more into savings accounts in the last six months than I have in the last 25 years. My emergency fund is fat. 
my cash available is fat because I'm feeling good about getting four and a half, five percent interest. The average online one year CD yields 4.72%. That's great, except for inflation's at five plus percent. So in theory, you're losing a little bit of money, your uh, purchasing power. Estee Lauder had a bad day yesterday. And it's a big cosmetics company. And one of the dumb things that I used to say is there's always going to be ugly people. We're always going to need makeup. Some There's some truth to that. I wear a little makeup on television. I know. I know you're saying you're a manly man. It's not like lipstick and eye gloss or anything like that. Don't don't get too tired on me. A uh, little powder, a little mineral to if there's a little rosacea on my face, uh, kind of blend it in. But listen to the numbers for Estee Lauder's worst day. And how did this happen? It's almost is like they were selling clown paint to the world's sexiest people, and then, like they were like, "What are you? What are you? What are we doing this for?" Skincare segment was down nineteen percent year over year. Makeup segment was down two point three percent year over year. Fragrance down up one percent. So I guess we smell. We cover that up with fragrance. Hair care segment up one point four percent. The main driver of all the weakness, because overall sales fell eleven point six percent at Estee Lauder, were gross margins. The main driver was a less than stellar turnout from the Asia travel retail business and higher margins, uh, lower margins, higher costs. I don't know. Is there a story there? There is. In good economies and bad economies, you've always been able to invest in in makeup companies. Now, sometimes eh, the companies are poorly managed, but ultimately it's, it's kind of something we consume on a regular basis. And as you add more people to the planet, it's kind of still there. Anyway, Apple reports numbers tonight. What are you thinking? 30. You're not thinking. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thank you for listening. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. So my job is to do a lot of thinking throughout the day and do a lot of research, continue to read volumes of data and try to do my best to give you a perspective on the best ways to play your financial career from age 20 to 60 so that you can live off it from age 60 to 100. Um, I'm very proud of what I do. I, I do believe I help a lot of people. And that gives me a little bit of value because I had a daddy issue where I sought approval and I never got it, but I'm not going to cry about it. Apple's going to report their second quarter March earnings tonight or today, depending on if you're East Coast, West Coast. Uh, It's not expected to be fantastic. In fact, on a year over year basis, it's the numbers are about two to five percent down. Company expects year over year revenue performance to be similar to the first quarter where revenue declined by 5.5%. But companies typically try to U-pod, under-promise and over-deliver. Street is expecting second quarter for iPhone revenues to be about $49.2 billion. I own shares of Apple. I need to disclose that on a regular basis because I don't want to be considered a cheerleader and I don't want you to mislead you. I've owned shares of Apple for over 20 years. I will continue to own Apple for the foreseeable future. 
Um, I see them as a Warren Buffett type of investment because of their ecosystem. Um, and I think that ecosystem gets it gets more impenetrable when they have a, a bank savings tied towards their Apple Pay, where you can get four point one, four point two percent on your money. I think young people are going to say, "I like that." And then when push comes to shove, and Google comes out with a gee whiz kind of phone. The younger millennials will say, you know what? I don't know. I've already got all my credit cards in this. I get my tickets through this. Uh, you know, I, I'm really comfortable with the map being technologies. I, I do Apple Music or I do Spotify. You get kind of stuck in these little subsystems. If you want to do something fun, I just told you the iPhone revenue is supposed to be $49.2 billion. Go write that down. Go write down the number $49 billion. Four nine, comma, two zero zero, comma, zero zero zero, comma, zero zero zero. It is stunning. Mac revenue is about seven point seven billion. iPad revenue of six point eight billion. Wearables revenue of eight point six billion. There's not a company in the S and P five hundred who wouldn't want just be the Apple Watch. If Apple were to ever say we're going to spin off the wearables, it would be a top 10 company in the United States. Apple CEO Tim Cook told CNBC last quarter that sales would have increased without foreign exchange impacts. He said production delays in China were a big headwind. He said the problem is behind us. So what's he going to say now? He said Apple is cutting costs and slowing hiring. This is the quarter where Apple typically updates its dividend and share repurchase. Look for big numbers there. Last year, Apple's board of directors declared a cash dividend of 23 cents a share, an increase of 5%. Look for something similar. The board of directors has also authorized an increase of $90 billion to the existing share repurchase program. Apple has a $2.6 trillion valuation. It is not cheap. It trades at 28 times next year's earnings. The earnings probably aren't going to be growing except for through the buybacks, which I would refer to a little bit as financial engineering. The options market is pricing a move of about 4% in either direction by expiration tomorrow. So Wall Street's not the Wall Street. I think when I say Wall Street, Wall Street's money. Wall Street is a lot of money. You can take a look at Trump. You take a look at Biden. You can take a look at the Federal Reserve and go, oh, I get it. They, they they affect things. But when I'm telling you, when money moves, when it's big money, when it's 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 large money, it is a lot more than just a couple people. So Wall Street's big money right now is saying it's not going to be a big move after the market. Let's find out if that's true. I'm willing to say tomorrow when we check in, as the market closes, that you won't see that great of a move. Maybe 5% up, 5% down after the report earnings. Let's talk about the coronation. The king of England. The king of England can kiss my. Uh, it's a line from a movie. Great balls of fire. Goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Jerry Lee Lewis wasn't exactly popular in England in the 50s and 60s, in large part because uh, he married a young woman. <laughs> he married a woman like 14. Um, those were different times. 
So the UK economy is performing uh, or looking for some juice out of the coronation. Again, UK economies had some pretty good luck recently. They had the Queen's Diamond Jubilation. They had the Queen dying. And then they have the coronation. That's three big events. Now, here's the problem with all of them. In England, that's typically paid for by the taxpayers. And right now, England is facing high inflation. They're, they are the worst developed economy in the world, in my opinion. But sure enough, King Charles III and his ascension to the throne. And you're going to see candles and tote bags and teddy bears and biscuit tins and teacups and cushions and candles. Mars Wrigley has made a huge life-size bust of King Charles featuring some of its most iconic chocolates. When I looked at that, I was like, what a massive, what an insult to humanity. We need to get off this planet before it goes hurling into a star and we're making busts of kings out of chocolate candy bars. One minute. Occupancy rates at hotels will stand at 96% this weekend. They will take Monday off. This is where it gets tricky. They expect to get $420 million boost in uh, extra tourism. More spending in pubs, more spending in hotels. The problem is not how much the coronation is going to cost taxpayers. It's taking Monday off. Cost their economy about $1.1 billion as it's a national holiday. I don't know. Do we need single day holidays that fewer of them would be good for the economy? But not for happiness amongst the people, the, the citizens, the plebeians. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. This Sunday, join Rob Black in San Rafael for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 for a little sunshine, some financial chit-chat, and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Dan Fetterman, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find Pints and Portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.